0: Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Stat Man is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Stat Man on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George The the Stat Man on a Sunday night, the 26th of February, 2017. It is 11 p.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic invitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy. Take you through the world of sports uh, good Saturday or Sunday night out there everybody. usually we're on Saturday mornings not today we are on Sunday night had a chance to take in a uh, uh, a, a great time in New York City this weekend went to see Broadway show had uh, uh, had a meal at the famed Peter Luger Steakhouse it was a fantastic time uh, myself and Mrs. Statman taking in the weekend in New York City glad to be with you here as we are uh, heading off into week twenty, which for some uh, some fantasy hockey league is the last week of the fantasy hockey regular season. So we're getting down to the final few weeks of the year. Of course, that has its own um, that has its own implications in terms of the playoffs, the playoff race in the National Hockey League. But, of course, it has its own implications in your fantasy hockey league. So we will help you out with injuries and hot pickups and all that good stuff. We will award the uh, weekly best for week 19 and look ahead to week number 20. Also, our Statman Fantasy Baseball preview continues with a look at the corner positions, first base and third base. First base, of course, you have some of the premier sluggers in all of baseball but it is not as deep a position as you think. So usually you think first baseman and outfielders grow on trees, not necessarily first basemen. So we'll take a look at who we think the best are, the perennials, the old reliables, and ones that might be able to crack the uh, uh, the top 20 this year. And we'll do the same for third base. To me, third base is a deeper position than first base. So we'll take a look at all of that coming up. In a little while, of course, you can listen to our uh, This Week in Fantasy Sports segment, which you're listening to right now, uh, usually Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. You can do that live on blogtalkradio.com. Just go to our show page, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. Also, you can catch the entire podcast, the 30-minute live feed and the 15-minute podcast-only version, either through blogtalkradio or through uh, 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 through iTunes or through Stitcher, the smart radio app. You can listen to it uh, through your car speakers On uh, if you have uh, Apple CarPlay in your car. And you can also uh, add us to your playlist, subscribe so that it's automatically there on iTunes, or add us to your playlist on Stitcher. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, we also post all of our latest audio on Facebook and Twitter. Go to facebook.com slash sportswiththestatman, and you can always hit me up on Twitter, at gstatman that's at g-s-t-a-t-m-a-n for your fantasy questions or pro opinions of course the website is com. now that we have that out of the way we are ready to get going with our look at uh, week 19 in fantasy hockey we're going to start off with fantasy hockey and then move on over to fantasy baseball around the bottom of the hour so stay tuned for all of that in hockey Let's uh, let's start with uh, with week nineteen. We, we look at the games from a uh, Saturday to Friday perspective. So the games from yesterday and obviously earlier today do not uh, factor into this. But from the games of February eighteenth through the twenty fourth, the top uh, forward in the league it wasn't even close. It was Jonathan Taves who has assaulted the the uh, uh, the score sheet in his four games this past week. Four goals, five assists for nine points and a plus six. What a week for Jonathan Taves, the Blackhawks captain, who is on a streak, actually uh, has 44 points for the year, not as uh, tremendous as you would think, but you look at what he's done over the last five games. He has 11 points, four goals, and seven assists, as uh, he has really uh, pushed it as as much as possible. He had a hat trick and a five-point night against Minnesota on the road. He was a plus five in that game. He has a five-game scoring streak that is uh, currently intact going into tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, but Jonathan Taves, the best forward in fantasy hockey over the last week. Philip Forsberg, six goals and an assist. Has more goals than anyone else among, uh, among forwards, more, most likely uh, including everybody else. Let's take a quick look and see who led in goals. Forsberg had six goals and an assist. Uh, the six were two better than anybody else. Taves, Patrick Kane, Michael Backlund of Calgary, all had uh, a total of four goals. But Phillips, uh, Phillipsburg, uh, Philip Forsberg. If you're from Phillipsburg, New Jersey, it's tough to pronounce Philip Forsberg. I'm not, but I can imagine it would be difficult. Uh, but Forsberg, six goals and assists, a minus one in four games, two penalty minutes he had 28 points. Tays uh, led everybody with 35 points. Forsberg second with 28. In third place Nick Schmaltz of the Chicago Blackhawks as the Blackhawks took first, third and fourth among forwards this week. Schmaltz, two goals, four assists and a plus 8 in four games. Let's take a look at him because he is a deep he's available in deep leagues. Um actually in medium-sized leagues owned in 26% of leagues, he's only 21. He has six goals and 10 assists. In 42 games, a plus eight. However, if you look at what he's done over the last little while, he has scored in six of seven. And in those seven games, he has uh, three goals and a total of six assists for nine points in seven games. He's starting to heat up. And if you look at uh, line combinations of, uh, of where he is, um, and this is according to uh, Dabber Hockey and DabberHockey.com, which is a great fantasy resource. Uh, if you look at where where he is playing, which, which uh, line, he's on a line with Taves and Richard Panik. Not a bad line to beat. Kane, uh, Patrick Kane is with uh, Artemi Panarin and Artem Nisimov, also very valuable there, but that is how the top six have looked recently in Chicago. Schmaltz right there. Kane, uh, fourth among all forwards, four goals and an assist, a plus three and uh, 22 fantasy points for him. Michael Backlund for the Flames, also four goals and an assist and a plus three, 21.5 fantasy points for Backlund. Those are the top five. The top local, just outside the top five, a half a point behind fifth place Backlund. It is John Tavares of the New York Islanders in four games, three goals and an assist and a plus four uh, for his trouble. A power play goal included in those three, and 21 points for the week. Among defensemen, let's take a look at the top Five defensemen of the week, Jake Gardner of the Toronto Maple Leafs, two goals and four assists and a plus five and two penalty minutes in four games. He had 35.5 fantasy points. Dougie Hamilton was second. The former Bruin, two goals, three assists, a plus four, six penalty minutes in four games. He had a power play goal and one at even strength. He led all defensemen in shots on goal for the week. I believe no, he was second, tied for second. Uh, with Roman Yossi, five behind Aaron Ekblad, 19. But Hamilton, not too shabby, with 14 shots on goal in four games. And Hamilton had 28 fantasy points. In third place, P.K. Subban of the Nashville Predators, a goal and four assists, a plus four, two penalty minutes in four games, 27.5 points for him. Mark Giordano chimed in with uh, 27 points, two goals, two assists, and a plus five. Eric Carlson, a guy we usually see towards the top of these lists, was fifth with 26 fantasy points, a goal and four assists, and a plus one. The top local, another Islander, Johnny Boychuk, two assists and a plus seven uh, for Boychuk, 23 fantasy points. The plus seven helps him now, uh, brought him from plus two to plus nine in one week. Uh, And uh, uh, actually, uh, I I should say plus ten, because the game yesterday against Columbus did not count. He was one of the better ones, only minus one in a seven-nothing Islander loss to Columbus. Uh, But Boychuk was sixth among all fantasy defensemen last week. Looking at goaltenders, Henrik Lundqvist was the top of the top, and Thomas Grice was second, believe it or not. This did not include, once again, Saturday night's game where Grice was lifted after the first period. But Lundqvist, 2-0, had an overtime loss, but a 1.2, or shootout loss, I should say, 1.26 goals against at a 9.57 save percentage. He saved 89 of 93 opponent shots, 20.4 fantasy points in three games. Thomas Grice, 2-1. He did have a shutout, which helped him out. One point three five goals against, nine forty four save percentage. Also allowed four goals in three games. He had nineteen point six points. Braden Holtby of the Capitals, eighteen point four fantasy points, one three zero goals against, two and zero record, and a nine fifty five save percentage. So, top three are all Metropolitan Division uh, goaltenders. Craig Anderson was fourth, seventeen point eight points for him. Two and one allowed seven goals in three games, but had the uh, the most saves of anybody in the league with 104 nine better than Peter Budai and uh, Anderson 104 of 111 a 937 save percentage uh, and in fifth place Eddie Lack who had two games had a win and a shutout didn't allow a single goal in 41 uh, shots 17.2 fantasy points so Lunquist and Grice were at the top of that list let's go to enforcers players who fill up the penalty box and also the score sheet and uh, we give it to, uh, well, it's right there. You have Ryan Hartman of Chicago and Richard Panic within a half a point of each other. Panic had 24 enforcer points with two goals and three assists, plus six and eight penalty minutes. Ryan Hartman had two goals and an assist, but he had 17 penalty minutes. I like the crooked number. We're going to give it to Hartman, even though he had a half a point less than Panic. Hartman did more enforcer like things, like uh, amass 17 minutes in penalties. Uh, and also two goals and an assist for uh, for him. So that is the uh, enforcer of the week. Uh, looking at our power play and and uh, penalty or, uh, our power play and our uh, uh, penalty kill stats. Uh, let's pull those up as we see who the top ten are. If your league has a power play or penalty killing unit position in your league, which I would say under five percent do, but it is still I, I think a, a very uh, you know, if you want to put together a complete team, I think it's a good idea to put put a, pe- a power play unit or a penalty killing unit in your fantasy league. The Minnesota Wild and Toronto Maple Leafs are basically in a dead heat uh, at twenty two point eight percent. Buffalo's right there at twenty two point six. Columbus twenty two point three, and Washington, the big name of the top five at twenty one point eight. Minnesota, of course, has a great record, but Toronto Buffalo uh, are uh, under the uh, playoff line, or right there at the line is Toronto. Uh, Columbus playing very well this year in power play, of course, a big reason why. They've only allowed one shorthanded goal all season long. In the back half of the top ten, Pittsburgh at 21.7, as is the St. Louis Blues, the Tampa Bay Lightning at 21.6, Edmonton at 21.2%, Philadelphia Flyers, and Montreal Canadiens are uh, basically tied at 21.1%. And out of uh, all the teams, 13 of them have 20% on the power play or better but the leader only at 22.8, so it's pretty cluttered at the top. The Carolina Hurricanes top in penalty killing at 86.5%. The Boston Bruins second at 859 Florida at 85.4%. Uh, both Southern California teams make the top five. Anaheim at 849 and the LA Kings at 845 The St. Louis Blues uh, are in both uh, top tens. Uh, they are sixth in penalty killing at 843 and they're seventh in the power play, 21.7%. Uh, percent. Behind them, the Washington Capitals, also in the top 10 in both. They have an 83.8% penalty-killing percentage. Ottawa, eighth at 83.4. Toronto at 83.3. And Minnesota at 83.1. They're near the top of their respective uh, – or top of the league in terms of power play. They're right there, and they're uh, in the top 10 in penalty-killing. So they factor on both ends of the ice as well. So some good stuff there. And uh, uh, those are the numbers from last week. Looking now – to our injuries and let's take a look at players who are out uh, longer term and uh, uh, more recently Mitch Marner with an upper body injury that is the uh, bigger news that was yesterday uh, he actually updated yesterday but he was out on Thursday he's missed uh, his last game his most recent game was February the 15th so he has missed a few days uh, he missed the game against the Rangers he has missed four straight now uh, and uh, he has had a, a, a fantastic rookie season, uh, but with 15 goals and 33 assists, he's only 19 years old. Um, but he has uh, his season has hit a bit of a snag. Looking to come back day to day at this point, he is eligible to come back off IR with an upper body injury. Uh, but as I said, he has missed four straight. And their next game is on Tuesday in San Jose. As they are on a California road trip, they will be. On until uh, for the next uh, for the next week, basically. So Marner will look to uh, travel with the team and get into one of those games. Uh, John Gibson, uh, the star goalie for the Anaheim Ducks, twenty-three and fifteen this season, a nine twenty-two save percentage. Uh, he is dealing with a strain, a lower body injury, which is a strain, not a severe injury. So it looks like he will not be uh, gone for a long time. Jonathan Bernier is taking on the main. Uh, starts while Gibson is out. he has been out since the twentieth. The next game for Anaheim is there on there by it is March the third against Toronto. so Gibson is eligible to come back uh but uh, they do have the trade deadline as well. so we'll see if if it is a little more severe and Anaheim makes a move for a goaltender uh that may be the reason why so you can read the uh, tea leaves there. Trevor Daley for Pittsburgh on i r with a knee injury and it looks like he will be out. 6 weeks he's been out since february the 21st uh he went uh, uh he underwent surgery on that left knee uh and uh, uh he has not played since the 21st at carolina which is when he suffered the injury uh, also uh on a um, um, uh, hand injury for andre bilkowski looks like he'll be out a couple of weeks um and uh he has last he last played february 9th but he looks like he will be out um, until the middle of March, it looks like. Andre Pavlich with a concussion. He has not come back yet uh, from that concussion. He's been sidelined now about three weeks. But he has um, uh, he, he is day-to-day. They're checking him out. They're looking to, uh, to bring him back. Some players that have come back, Jonathan Quick of the Kings, came back to action. Uh, and uh, uh, also uh, recently coming back uh, to action is uh, Jenny Malkin, Uh, He, he returned on uh, February 14th. Brendan Gallagher came back on February 12th, Eric Johnson of Colorado. We were unsure whether he would come back this season because of the bad season. The As have had, Uh, he was expected to return. It looks like he did come back last night from IR. So uh, there are some, some, uh, some players on the men coming back into the lineup. Uh, Also, um, a couple of uh, day to days, Brian Rust, Benoit Pouliot, who are on IR but who are eligible to return. Uh, also, uh, looking back a few days, Bobby Ryan, uh, looking back earlier in the week, uh, Bobby Ryan, four to six weeks uh, with a broken finger. Uh, looks like he will be back in mid to late March, which is uh, most of the rest of the way. He is he's struggling this year as he only has 12 goals and 12 assists in 50 games. This is a guy who had. 56 points last year with 22 goals and 34 assists. He is a uh, former six-time 20-goal scorer, and uh, he is only at 12 this year, so he's really, really struggling, having a bad season. And uh, because of that, really only uh, owned in, um, uh, I believe, I'm I'm looking at the numbers, 53% of CBSSports.com leagues. That's unlike Bobby Ryan. Uh, Jimmy Howard looking to come back, knee injury for him, they, uh, they still not feeling great. So that is uh, not a good sign. Uh, Peter Morazic is, uh, between the pipes for Detroit on a regular basis, uh, but they are in danger of, of missing the playoffs for the first time in a quarter century. Uh, so those are, those are the updates really in terms of, uh, in terms of de- in terms of IR, uh, injuries. Um, we have uh, day-to-day. Robin Leonard with a uh, head injury is day-to-day. He was uh, scratched as a precaution for Buffalo in uh, in today's game against Arizona. Uh, but he took two hits to the head during Saturday's game against Colorado. Uh, not sure if it is uh, precautionary or if he will be out uh, for any length of time. Calvin Pickard, questionable with a neck injury. Ben Hutton for Vancouver has an illness. He is... Uh, Day to day, as well as uh, part of this mumps outbreak that's been going on uh, with uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, um, there are several players out um, uh, for, for for Vancouver apparently uh, with with the mumps. Uh, also, Ben Bishop was questionable with an illness, but uh, looks like that illness might have uh, might have been uh, a ruse, or maybe he was also um, felled by by illness. But he has been dealt. uh, traded from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning to the LA Kings as they now just got Jonathan Quick back and they traded for Ben Bishop. So their goaltending went from Peter Budai and Jeff Zatkoff for about four months to Jonathan Quick and Ben Bishop. Uh, Two guys, Quick has won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Ben Bishop has gotten to the final and now all of a sudden they are a tandem in LA. You can tell that they are... Uh, definitely feeling pretty good about what's uh, uh, what's going on. Uh, other goaltending no, uh, news: Corey Crawford was scratched from his Sunday start, uh, illness for him apparently, um, and that that is the that is the report. Scott Dar- Scott Darling started uh, for them uh, against the St. Louis Blues tonight. Also, T.J. Oshie day to day with an upper body, as is Tyler Bozak and Nicholas Schierhorn lower body for. Um, uh matt niskanen upper body for chris letang as he is day today uh but he has been out uh, for a week now or just about a week he he uh, the next game for pittsburgh in dallas on tuesday night as uh, um, looks like he was unable to uh to play all right so that is that is a look at injuries how about hot pickups now as we get to the trade deadline Players that uh, may stay or go, of course, their their roles may change, and Ben Bishop's a perfect example. Here's a guy who uh, was starting uh, and then lost his, uh, some some starts uh, to Andre Vasilyevsky, and now he is being traded to L.A., where he is definitely going to be the number two goaltender in L.A.'s rotation. That does help Vasilyevsky. That does uh, figure that out as he becomes the number one in Tampa as they are uh, of course, on the uh, way outside, looking in, but still not not completely dead in terms of a playoff spot. But they figured they'd give uh, Vasilevsky the uh, the rest of the season uh, to uh, to play most of the games. Uh, looking at players at uh, and, and we'll give you a couple of forwards, a couple of defensemen, and a couple of goaltenders as well. Uh, let's start with um, uh, shallow leagues, and at this point, uh, I would say someone like Evander Kane, who, if he's still available, uh, especially if your league uh, includes penalty minutes, uh, definitely worth a pickup. He has 79 penalty minutes, 21 goals, 11 assists. He has a minus 11. However, he has been scoring at a pretty good clip. He has five goals in his last six games. He had two in the game against Toronto, one on a three-game goal streak after missing out the game after that. Uh, So he is, uh, you know, the one issue obviously is the plus-minus. And he is a minus five in his last seven games. That is not good. They do play tonight in Arizona. But Evander, Evander Kane is a shallow league ad. as is Henrik Zetterberg. He's only uh, owned in 75% of CBSSports.com leagues, 14 goals, 32 assists. And he's had five points in his last three games, a goal and four assists uh, in those games. Had two assists each uh, in the games against Washington and Pittsburgh. Had a goal against the Islanders on the 21st and they're coming off their bye now as they play on Tuesday night in Vancouver and they start a five game road trip as they go to Western Canada Uh, and then Toronto. uh, So staying in Canada before they finish up in Boston. So they're going to be away from the Joe for quite a while. Uh, But Zetterberg is an interesting uh, shallow league ad In terms of medium league ads. uh, You have Richard Panik, who, as I mentioned, is playing on that line with Jonathan Taves, who is white hot right now. Also Tanner Pearson, is another option as he is uh, now uh, gotten to a career high with 37 points for the year, 19 goals, 18 assists. And he was uh, hot a couple of weeks ago. He's cooled off a little bit, but he did have a three assist game against Anaheim and a plus two game uh, all, all in the same game. And that was last night. So Tanner Pearson is hot right now, uh, at, at least from, from an assist point of view. And, you know, he, he's on that line with Jeff Carter, uh, so that is a, a good line to be on, and Tyler Toffoli when he's in when he's in the lineup. Uh, so Tanner Pearson available in medium uh, leagues. Also, Radim Verbata, Even though Arizona is going absolutely nowhere this year, uh, he is on a three-game goal-scoring streak that is still intact. They play tonight against Buffalo, uh, but he had a two-point game in Dallas the other night. But uh, a seven-game scoring streak uh, at this point. Uh, so that is a uh, uh, that is a good situation for him. Forty-four. Points: 14 goals and 30 assists. Do not look at the, at the plus minus if you want to bring a Vrabata on. If you're in a rotisserie league, uh, he does not help your plus minus. Uh, in terms of uh, deep leagues, I mentioned Nick Schmaltz. Uh, he would be an interesting add. Also, Josh Livo of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a goal and seven assists uh, for him. He has uh, had multi-point games in three of his last seven uh, and I know that's a little misleading because he has been held scoreless also in three of those seven. So it's feast or famine for him. But in eleven games, a twenty-three year old uh, rookie has a goal and seven assists in uh, in a little bit of playing time. But might be worth a flyer uh, for uh, for his uh, for his services. Also, um, in, in terms of trades, Martin Hansel. Uh, headed to Minnesota to play in a most likely a depth role, uh, went there with Ryan White and a fourth rounder in the upcoming draft uh, in exchange for a first round pick this year, a second round pick next next year and a conditional fourth rounder in 2019, as well as a minor leaguer. So a lot of picks come in Arizona's way. Ansel 30 years old, a guy who's a known commodity, also uh, checking forward, a rugged grinder forward, uh, really not, too fantasy relevant, but the fact that he's going to Minnesota probably will help us plus minus if nothing else. And uh, definitely at least something to, uh, to track at this point. So those are the forwards. Let's give you a couple of defensemen as well. Uh, In shallow leagues, Oscar Clefbaum. He is uh, probably one of the better defensemen who is not on your fantasy league, uh, any fantasy league roster, 11 goals, 15 assists. He is a plus six. He's had three goals in his last six games. At a three-point night against Arizona on Valentine's Day. Uh, so he has, played, uh, he has played very well. And only four penalty minutes in 62 games. So he doesn't take a lot of penalties at all. Uh, this is by far his best season, as he has tripled uh, any of his output from the last three seasons. And much like the rest of the Oilers, a guy who played in the minus, he was a minus 31 in his career in three seasons heading into this year, 107 games. He's a plus six this year. Uh, so that is a shallow league ad. In terms of a uh, medium league ad, not for long. Brady Shea of the Rangers, two goals and 27 assists. Uh, he had a, he's had two assists in the last three games. So he is going from 48 to 53% in terms of CBSSports.com uh, ownership. Uh, but in terms of uh, medium leagues, otherwise, Eric Johnson is coming back from uh, injury, from a long injury. Uh, he's had a goal and, uh, and 11 assists. Uh, this year, he did play last night. He did get an assist, was a minus one against Buffalo, so he has indeed come back. He's owned in 40% of CBSSports.com leagues. That'll be next week up from 38%. Uh, also, in uh, let's give you uh, another uh, medium league ad, if we can, Alex Goligosky, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes, I'm trying to remember the sport. Two goals, two, uh, 22 assists for him, but he's had five assists in his last five games and he's been a plus two as well for a bad Arizona team in terms of deep leagues Ron Hainsey traded to Pittsburgh uh, from from uh, um, Ron Ron Hainsey picked up from uh, Carolina I believe I'm pretty sure Uh, he's been he's been around uh, quite a bit yes it was uh, Carolina Uh, he did have a two-goal game against the Islanders on February the fourth he has not scored since but just the move to Pittsburgh Helps him from a plus-minus perspective. He is minus 15. So remember, that's his going-in position, and uh, uh, he will start from there. Uh, also, in uh, in deep leagues, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk of the Blackhawks is getting a little bit of love. Uh, three he has three goals and seven seven assists, and he's had three points in his last five games with a goal and two assists. So and he's only owned in uh he will be owned in four percent of CBS Sports dot com leagues uh next week, currently at two percent. So if you really want a deep league flyer, there you go. In terms of goaltenders, uh obviously uh Andre Vasilyevsky gets a huge bump up or he will because of the Ben Bishop trade. He's available in shallow leagues. Uh also in shallow leagues you have uh, uh Brian Elliott for Calgary who um uh, uh, who has played well recently he is uh, uh, he has won three uh, in three straight starts he has not lost in regulation in his last uh four appearances and uh, he's gotten three wins against Philadelphia against Nashville and against Tampa so uh, you have a uh, a goaltender who has played well in the past, not just not necessarily for calgary he um, uh, he made his bones in St Louis but Elliot. Has a tendency to, uh, to to run some shutout streaks. He's not on shutout streaks right now, but he is on a winning streak. Uh, in terms of medium sized leagues, James Reimer of uh, of Florida, uh, he is uh, is in there, and he's played well. He's played well recently. Uh, three and one in his last uh, four starts, um, and or last four four appearances anyway. As he lost to Edmonton, that broke his uh, uh, that broke his mini winning streak. He was in the Nets tonight against Ottawa. Are they trying to keep Roberto Luongo fresh, or is there a goaltender controversy? Well, it might be worth uh, picking up Reimer to uh, to try and figure that out. Now, also, in deep leagues, Eddie Lack had a shutout um, in, in the past week. I know he struggled, but uh, he had a 34-save shutout against Ottawa, and uh, just the appearance of that helps you out. He's only owned in 6% of CBSSports.com leagues. That will go up to 8 and uh, let's see, is there is who is the new backup in Tampa? I think that's the the open question. I don't know if we know uh, who the who the backup in Tampa is, and we can take a quick look to try and find out. Um, but uh, nope, none listed, none listed yet. So that's something to uh, to think about. But that will be a backup to Vasilyevsky, not probably not even worth a flyer. But those are your hot pickups in hockey in week number twenty. Uh, depth charts, we were just looking at uh, uh, at defense in our fantasy focus this week, looking at guys that uh, uh, play. You know, we looked at line combinations last week among forwards. Uh, let's look at some line combinations or pairings for L.A. How about Derek Forbort is uh, Drew Dowdy's uh, uh, other half, and, and that could be um, uh, interesting there. How about Ryan Ellis is Roman Yossi's other half as well. Matthias Ekholm is paired up with P.K. Subban. Subban has played well recently. Paul Martin is, uh, is on a pairing with Brent Burns, and Burns has been absolutely fantastic this year. And how about Josh Morrissey paired recently with Dustin Bufflin? Uh, three goals and 13 assists for Morrissey. Um, but uh, that, that might be interesting uh, there. That's in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, uh, you have Jake McCabe paired up with Rasmus Ristolainen in Buffalo, uh, Danny DeKaiser is on, uh, is on a pairing with Mike Green in Detroit. And uh, let's see, you have, uh, uh, you have Mark Mathot, uh, or Mark Mathot, I should say, on a pairing with uh, Eric Carlson in Ottawa. And uh, let's see, how about Nikita Zaitsev? We've mentioned him in the past, uh, paired with Morgan Riley at, at the top. Um, a top pairing for Toronto, but Jake Gardner has been hot lately and Alexei Marchenko is, is his partner there on the blue line. So those are a couple of a couple of interesting options there uh, for you. Okay. That uh, just about does it for our live feed. I know we're a little bit over. We're heading over into baseball territory now, as we continue on with our Statman fantasy baseball preview, looking at first base and third base, we will be on with you next Saturday morning. 10 AM Eastern Time, right back to it. As uh, uh, we will be on March 4th, we will unveil our All Statman Teams for the month uh, team for the month of February in fantasy hockey. So stay tuned for that. That'll be our fantasy focus segment. We'll look back on Week 20 and ahead to Week 21 in fantasy football or fantasy football. What am I saying? Fantasy hockey. If you if you already miss fantasy football, you know you you could take a look at. Uh, at some uh, some rankings to, uh, to to get a head start on next year. But we're going to talk fantasy hockey on the show next week, as well as fantasy baseball. We're going to take a look at the middle infield positions, second base and shortstop. We'll take a close look at both of those uh, keystone positions, and we'll do that next Saturday morning. But for us, for the rest of this show, we are going to talk about the corner positions in our Statman fantasy baseball preview, first base and third base. As I mentioned, first base, is not as easy to handicap as you think. You look at the top top shelf guys, and they are very good, and they are among the best hitters in the game. They will have among the best fantasy numbers in the game this year. You have some interesting uh, second-level guys. But once that kind of runs out, once you get past the top 13, 14, it's really anybody's guess. You see a bunch of guys who, you know, maybe they can do something, maybe they can't. You have uh, maybe a couple of guys who are um, who are solid uh, and and maybe don't have the playing time, or they might uh, shift to another position. Um, but you know, I'm I'm thinking of guys at the at the top, and let's let's get the top guys uh, figured out uh, already you have at the top tier Miguel Cabrera he is a guy who does it year after year last year and this this week I do have the stats from last year uh, Miguel Cabrera uh, was uh, had an OPS of 945 which for him wasn't great but a 313 batting average 31 homers 97 RBIs you can kind of call that a down year for him Uh, but still he is in that top tier with Anthony Rizzo the world champion uh, Cubs first baseman who um, uh, who had a good year? I think he had a you know 39 doubles. That's what you that's what uh, stands out. And he also had 27 homers, 40, uh, 94 RBIs, and an OPS of uh, 891. He's up there. Joey Votto, who puts up insane numbers on a bad team, uh, 318 average, an OPS of 955. Only 24 homers, but 100 walks. Uh, and Paul Goldschmidt who uh, steals bases he had 21 out of 23 but he batted 297 22 homers 87 rbis you have to think that's a down year for him but out of those guys that to me is the top four that's top tier and who do you think is going to have the best year out of the four i think it's going to be anthony rizzo i think he's just starting Uh, i think joey vato is at two paul goldschmidt's at three and miguel cabrera is at four still a strong top four and a top uh top tier there Uh, Going on to the next tier, you know, Edwin Encarnacion is now in Cleveland. Um, Carlos Santana is in Cleveland. Who's going to play first? Who's going to DH? Both of those guys probably will qualify at some point, Uh, but Encarnacion is uh, now in Cleveland. Freddie Freeman, uh, how will he adapt to the new ballpark? What are the dimensions in the new uh, ballpark? Do we even know that information as we can uh, can try and uh, look it up? Uh, but uh, Freddie Freeman is the guy. Now, if you watch a lot of Mets games, Freddie Freeman probably has more value uh, that, than, uh, uh, than he probably should have because he, is, he has absolutely owned the Mets throughout his career. Uh, by the way, the planned dimensions at the new stadium that will be opening this year in Atlanta, Cobb County, northwest of Atlanta, 335 uh, down the left field line, 325 down the right field line, so five feet shorter. That can help Freeman in the power alleys. It's 385 to left center, which is a little deeper than Turner Field. Um, and uh, do, do we have the uh, uh, do we have the numbers for right center? Not sure. We have them 400 to straight away though. And uh, let's see three. Yeah, the right center field power alley was 390, which was very difficult to hit, always was. It's going to be 375. So they're going to bring in the right center field power alley by 15 feet, and not bring it in, but comparing uh, the uh, Turner Field uh, dimensions to the new SunTrust Park dimensions in Cobb County. 15 feet closer in right center, 5 feet closer in right. Now, Freeman hits to all fields, and he hits line drives that, that do go over the wall. Uh, but this can help his power stroke potentially. Uh, then again, you've seen uh, players with uh, advantageous dimensions start swinging for the fences, screwing up their swing, and um, that could hurt him. But I think Freddie Freeman's a guy who would, if anything, take advantage. He's just such a solid hitter. You also have Will Myers, the owner of a brand-new big contract by the Padres. Uh, so he is in that next group. Uh, I would put Freddie Freeman uh, fifth. Hanley Ramirez, of course, he is going to uh, DH a little bit, but he's right up there. Jose Abreu and Adrian Gonzalez, two guys. Abreu, uh, who, who could use – oh, actually, his numbers were there at the end of the year, but you had that uh, basically that feeling for a bad White Sox team that he was having a down year. But still, he batted 293, 26-homers, 93 RBIs. Adrian Gonzalez, you expected that that his numbers would be a little higher, but the team is so good. Um, I, I think Gonzalez will have a, a, a solid year. So I'm going to put Freeman at five. Uh, I'm going to put uh, uh, Jose Breu at six, Adrian Gonzalez at seven, Hanley Ramirez at eight, Will Myers at nine, Edwin Encarnacion at 10, Carlos Santana at 11. In the next tier, Brandon Belt, Eric Hosmer, uh, Albert Puholt still getting it done. He did only bat t- 245, but he did hit 31 home runs. Uh, CJ Crone his teammate, uh, with the angels and mike napoli uh who's also with cleveland so is he going to catch a little bit they have a they have a log jam at first base um but uh i have napoli uh, ranked as well chris davis uh is right there of course he only hit 221 but he did hit uh, 32 home runs similar to napoli only batted 224 and had 28 uh home runs and then once you get past that you know, Chris Carter is going to be DHing with the Yankees. He might play first. If he plays first, that means Greg Bird isn't playing first. Lucas Duda, what's going to happen to him? He has some hip soreness, not quite sure. Joe Maurer had 10 home runs, which uh, he started off pretty hot, uh, but he ended up batting 267 for the year. Uh, you have uh, uh, Steve Pierce in Toronto. Could he do something? And I would call him a sleeper. I would call Josh Bell in Pittsburgh a sleeper. Matt Adams, I, I would uh, I would put him in the top twenty. Um, I, I think he could definitely be there by the end of the year. Uh, the, the power potential power of AJ Reed, the potential power of Greg Bird. Um, you know, Justin Smoke is in Toronto, uh, as well as uh, as Steve Pierce. So what's going to happen there? Pierce can also play second base. Um, uh, you you have. Uh, Tommy Joseph in Philadelphia, uh, I like him to kind of crack the top twenty now that Ryan Howard is uh, is out of the way. Uh, so so there are some some interesting guys who can kind of crack into that top twenty. Uh, I would put Justin Bohr at number twenty, but guys who are falling out of it: Ryan Zimmerman, Chris Carter, Lucas Duda, if he's healthy could put together a a season that would put him in the top 20 for first baseman. Uh, Joe Maurer is right around that area, but I like the sleepers. I I would reach for upside. If you get a guy in the top six, let's say, uh, if you get a Rizzo, a Cabrera, a Votto, a Goldschmidt, or even a Freeman, an Abreu, maybe an Adrian Gonzalez, once you get past those guys, then, you know, I don't know if I'd reach for a sleeper, but otherwise, um, if you have a top guy, you might as well take a chance on a Josh Bell. Or a uh, uh, or even a, a Tommy Joseph or a Matt Adams uh, or an AJ Reed or Greg Bird, you might be surprised with what you get. Uh, so those are some options uh, for you at first base. Let's hop over to third, and um, as we have about five minutes uh, uh, remaining in the uh, in the show, um, just, just from a uh, from a top standpoint, guys who uh, you know obviously are. Um, MVP candidates, and they are Nolan Arenado, Josh Donaldson. Uh, Their numbers, you know, Donaldson gets on base a little more. Arenado has a higher slugging percentage. Arenado has uh, the RBI edge. Um, The numbers that Arenado put up, or is it Arenado now? I'm not sure. I think it's Arenado. 287 average, 40 home runs, 127 RBIs. Donaldson, 289, 31, and 92. He does uh, lose Encarnacion from the middle of that lineup. Uh, which does not help uh but that puts him as a solid number two. Uh and you know if if you're looking for other guys in that in that group, boy, what a what a top tier uh we have here. As um you know to crack this top five, I have Arenado Donaldson at number three I have Chris Bryant who once again is going to be at the beginning of a lot of things. He could even uh get to number two this year. Uh, 30 home runs for Bryant, 90 RBIs, his strikeouts. That's his downfall with 157. Uh, But uh, at number four, Manny Machado, who also has shortstop eligibility in a lot of leagues, batted 283, 27 homers, 82 RBIs. And uh, Adrian Beltre, who is a Hall of Famer, if, if you ever saw one, 282 average, 26 homers, 95 RBIs, just keeps getting it done. Each and every year. Uh, once you get past that, there are some there are some pretty intriguing guys up and down. Justin Turner uh, with his hundred RBI season. Uh, I, I like uh, I like Kyle Seeger. I like Matt Carpenter. You're not quite sure where Carpenter plays, but he has eligibility at third, at second, even at first. Uh, so that uh, that could be interesting. Jose Ramirez. What a season he put together last year. Two eighty seven. 17 steals, 41 doubles, didn't strike out a ton either. He was about one every uh, 11. At, I'm sorry, one every nine at bats or so. He struck out, uh, but still, he tied in fantasy points in our system with Manny Machado. Uh, so I would put uh, Ramirez seventh. The guy in the top 10 to me that doesn't belong is Eduardo Nunez. He had 38 stolen bases, had a great season. Don't get me wrong, with Minnesota and then with San Francisco, I just don't think he can duplicate it uh I, I would be uh, i would be worried about his
1: uh, uh his
0: downside um going into uh this season i really dare him to do it again he's not a guy who's really ever done that uh but matt carpenter i put him i put kyle seeger ninth now kyle seeger's a solid major league player and he's the second best seeger uh 266 23 homers and 79 runs batted in uh i, I like anthony rendon he had, it. he had some injuries. Uh, Evan Longoria is a guy who is uh, still hanging around. Uh, uh, he, you also have uh, uh, Jung Ho Gong, who hit 25 home runs last year. Michael Franco hit 23, drove in 86. Uh, you, you, you have a tendency to overlook a guy like Todd Frazier, who had a tough first year with the White Sox, Batted two twenty nine, struck out 160 times, but he did hit 36 home runs. Uh, Martin Prado is a guy who just hits. Uh, so uh, you know th- there are some there are some tough decisions to make. A guy like uh, Mike Mustakas who had who had a, who had a uh, 17 home runs before he was out for the year. Uh, Nick Castellanos had a had a pretty good breakout year, even though he struck out 177 times. Uh, you look at the guys who hit uh, uh, 20 home runs. I mean there there were quite a few. I'm I'm just counting uh, just from uh, just from looking here. And I count 16, 17 players with 20 or more home runs, including Miguel Sano, who um, I think is going to have a, uh, a better year and crack the top, uh, the top 20. Uh, also, you have, uh, uh, you, you have guys like uh, Travis Shaw, who's now in Milwaukee, Danny Valencia, who's in Seattle, and Yoan Moncada. Boy, if there ever was a sleeper. And he's probably going to play uh, either second or third, not quite sure, but he is a big time keeper candidate. Hernan Perez had a breakout year last year. Uh, I don't know if he can do it again. I'd be worried about some some downside there uh, as well. So uh, in terms of in terms of a top uh, top 10 and we're almost out of time here, Arenado Donaldson, uh, Bryant Machado Beltre, with Turner Ramirez, Carpenter uh, Seeger, and uh, at 10, I would probably put uh, Michael Franco right there at, uh, at 10 with uh, Rendon Longoria.